Hello, I'm Brian Foster, and today I'm talking about Spiritism. Today is uh, April 19th, 2022, and we are continually going on through the book, Through the Mist, and we're on Chapter 16, Come Up Higher. Now, Through the Mist is a book by a spirit who died in the late 19th century as he was trying to rescue a small child in the middle of a road. He was run over by uh, carriages, you know, with horses and buggies. And, but he and the child landed in heaven. And this is his story on his first days and weeks in heaven. Before I begin, let's have a short prayer. Dear Jesus, please help each one of us on our journey to spiritual exploration and our journey to spiritual enlightenment and improvement. For we all know that you have set for us the goal of becoming a pure spirit one day. Please help us on the road through your benevolence and kindness and generosity and please bless us and our guardian angels to help us succeed where we have failed before amen now if you would like to learn more about spiritism i suggest you download my book spiritism 101 the third revelation from nwspiritism.com it is in pdf format so it's totally free it's also has been translated in french and if you'd rather have it in Kindle or paperback format or in Audible format, it's available in those formats too, as well as my other books on the right-hand side navigation bar of my blog, nwspiritism.com. Now, let's start from chapter 16, Come Up Higher. If an angel had visited me on earth, and when I say angel, I do not mean one of those inestimable saints of whom we are accustomed to speak as angels in disguise, but a real live orthodox angel with a shining raiment and snowy wings, and tell me that I possess so many friends in the whole realm of creation, I could scarcely have believed him. But by this time, I was beginning to know how next to impossible it is for men to understand much of his real self on earth. Let him for once get but a momentary insight into the true condition of things and he will be humbled to the dust and the prayer of faith not a lifeless creed but in the living god who is immaterial is imminent real tangible to the soul would be lead thou me on at the flood of its revelation coming like a tidal wave as the returning memory of my sleep life had just overwhelmed me it would carry away all tyranny oppression and selfishness it would need but one glimpse, one baptism, one blow. The victory would be won in the real brotherhood of men forever in established fact. Just talk about what he said. So what is he saying is if if someone saw and remembered, because many of us see, but we do not remember, the real heaven, the heaven that is available to us if we able to go through that narrow, narrow door, we would be amazed at how on how somewhat familiar in one part, familiar that we see trees, we see people, we see roads, and then how 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 just how different it is because we move by thought, we create by thought, thought is action. People are immortal, there's no sickness. there's there's you know everything you want is yours if you you know if you have to earn the right to 
go higher in, in spiritual positions, but there's education, there's jobs, there's no poverty, no disease, none of that. So it's at one part familiar, another part just amazing. And this is what he's trying to convey, is that you are an immortal soul who, if you just put the time in and, and make the discovery and, and, and put some of your precious time, I know it's precious to many people, and either think about spirituality, read about spirituality, study spiritism, and understand what this spirit world is waiting for us. I know a lot of people are like me, where we read the Bible and it was kind of fuzzy and and yes, that's how we should act. We should act honorable. We should be uh, gracious and charitable and fraternal. And then real life care kind of hits us as we become an adult. And you're just kind of into this treadmill and you can't see anything on either side of you. And that's a hard treadmill to get off of. But the reward for getting off that treadmill of being on this, this social and culture, society of culture of, on earth, is wonderful and you can ask well why does it make it so hard because it you have to in your own mind reject everything that's coming at you by our current society to reject the quest for materialism re reject the the basis of relative morality re reject the calls for the abandonment of god and religion and divine morals those things you have to reject you can still love the people that tell you those things, but you need to reject the philosophy that they're trying to espouse and know there's something higher than you. And for those who, who start to live by a set of divine laws, you try. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a saint. You will go into that level of heaven, one of the first levels of heaven at least, and you will live a life that you cannot believe. You, you will not be bothered by bad gossip, by threats of poverty or hunger or disease or any of that. You'll be surrounded by people who love you and you love them. You'll be with friends of family who were, who had gone on before you, who were virtuous. And those are the reward. So let me carry on. Hitherto, I had not been able consciously to call any man my friend in the true sense of that word. Not because I had no desire, desire to do so, for God can witness to the agony which I mourned my loneliness, but circumstances would not permit it. Those who by virtue of position might have filled such a place looked upon me as a crank with scarcely the right to be at large, without a single interest in the legitimate pursuits of life, and the victim of a morbid craze which led me to spend my leisure among the vulgar poor. And that's what he did. He, was a, he wasn't what what would have been seen as a normal religious person down at the end of the 19th century in England. Cause he went, what he did is he went on his own spending the little, the money that he had, he came from a, a wealthy family and helped the poor, helped the needy, went to the hospitals, helped, helped the children of parents or mothers or fathers that were dying in the hospitals. And no one could believe that he would do this. And they thought he was strange. I'll carry on. With my hatred for conventional hypocrisy, how can I help to find congenial friendship with these? I could have purchased a hundred associates for the enormous class who sell their companionship for cash considerations, but Canton flattery is not food for hungry souls, nor is the slavery less degrading because its letters, fetters are of gold. 
And, and this is exactly what many rich people do. They have yes men and yes women all around them. And they've sold and they bought their friendship. I might have found many true and congenial hearts down the courts and alleys I so frequently visited. And secretly, more than once, that I realized something of what it might have been. But the inseparable barrier of society, which forbids the brotherhood of men, stepped in. And that was the way it was in England at that time. Class system was extremely strong. And no way he could have brought someone from the slum to his house. Not that I feared very much for myself, but the open recognition of such acquaintanceships would, added to my other eccentricities, have established a desired missing link of evidence in the walls of some private house of re retirement and would have put an end to the little sunshine I was able to carry to such miserable places. I just break there again. He had said in the past that his family tried to uh, confine him to a, uh, an institution because they thought he was crazy because he was such a nice person and helped the poor. <laughs> oh, God. God bless everybody. Okay. I was friendless in life. There was no doubt about it. It was my cross, a sad and heavy one, but I tried to bear it and I found it grew lighter when I became the friend of others, much less fortunate than even myself. That lonely longing, was it not the earth vibration of the friendships I enjoyed nightly in this other life? How the compensation of the one struggles to heal the wound it finds within the other. Here I had so many friends, dwellers on both sides of life, that all attempts to formulate a plan by which I could speedily visit them ended in failure. So at length I determined to let the matter arrange itself. And this is the one of the great truths, is that you will have many friends in the spirit world. And the other truth is, the P, and when he came over to heaven, he was like given all sorts of attention. He was given uh, help. He was shown different parts of heaven because they knew he was a good person. And he wanted to spread more and more of what heaven was really like, not what it was like as told by reverends and priests and rabbis and whoever else. Uh, because he'd seen it now, and he, and he said, this is so much more than I was told. And this is where I want to just say real quick, this is what I think was the, the miracle, thank you for the spirit world, that I found spiritism. Because I had always thought, heaven's kind of a fuzzy place. Am I still me? Why, why are all these things happening? And now spiritism has told us that we reincarnate, there's karma. Bad things happen to good people because of what they did in previous lives. What are What's the process and procedures? How you are attached to your body? How you get out of your body? What do you do in heaven? All sorts of jobs in heaven. What? How you rise as a spirit? All these things have been revealed to us by spiritism. And this is why I'm so excited to share it to other people. Okay. Let me carry on. There was one building in the city that possessed a peculiar interest for me, and thither I turned my first attention. It was the rendezvous of those street Arabs who in large cities earn a precarious living by selling papers and matches, and to it they attached the designation of the college. Many were the nights I'd spent in this place, watching the delight with which the visitors appreciated the provision here made to counterbalance the hardship of their other life and listening to the multitude of experiences which everyone had to recite. Here, too, it was very seldom, but one or more of the bright spirits of still higher regions came to minister to these little hungry and ragged wanderers. At some times, the difficulties of their fate were always the theme of discussion, 
and the angel teacher would patiently and lovingly show and illustrate how these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, work out a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And working in season and out of season, to ground his audience in those acts of reciprocative kindness, which so uniformly mark the dealings of this class with each other. Men wonder where these children, gutter bred, learn these acts of humanity and consideration, which for purity of motive put so-called Christian philanthropy to the blush, where they are taught to help to bear each other's burdens, where they are first instructed in the practical application of the golden rule. I can answer the inquiry. They are instructed in the elementary schools of heaven, to which they are summoned, why their bodies be asleep in dark corners and doorways, under barrels or carts, or in the outhouses of your Christian city. Angels, who have learned the deeper secrets of love of God, meet with these despised and outcast children there, teach them the geography of home, and show them the surest way to reach that rest which still remaineth. How could their bare and child-blamed feet scalp the sharp and icy points of your cold theology, while the howling winds of fierce damnation raged around with threatening force? They would slip, fall, and their little souls lie in mangled masses at the foot of some precipice of sectarian contention that they could never enter heaven by such a path. But do not fear. The angels know the road, and in the lessons of their dreams, these little pilgrims are traveling homewards to the green meadows of forbearing love, led along by the once outcast Jesus. You need have no anxiety about their welfare because they fall short of your sectarian standard. When you shall enter, you will find many whom you once knew waiting to sing your welcome home. So he's saying that all these little street urchins, they're, they're guardian angels, the spirit helpers. They, when they're asleep, they bring them to a nice place in heaven. They explain to them why they're going, what happened to their mother and father. Sometimes they visit their mother and father who may have died. Um, and they'll explain what happened, why they're going through this, how it will all be, as they said, momentary. I'll carry on. A happy, a hundred happy voices held me as I passed through the tapestries hanging across the entrance. And in a moment, I was surrounded by a group of friends who were anxious to embrace me. This is when he was in heaven. No need for circumspection here. I could lift the joyous urchins in my big clumsy arms and kiss and pet them as I chose. For were we not brothers and sisters all? It seemed almost impossible to realize that those laughter-making children were the same that but once or two short hours ago, with hungry stomachs and shivering bodies, were struggling in the hurry, hurrying crowds of bitty cities, pleading piteously for the unsympathetic passerby to buy a paper or box of matches in the hope that their transaction would secure a meal. Yet so it was. And I wondered what the consequence would have been if the veil could have been lifted before the eyes of one of those who impatiently pushed the child aside if he'd been made to understand that in one short hour that unwashed, uncared-for gutter snipe would be in the company of some of the angels of God and in the land of compensation. If the simple truth of the night advantages of these day-frustrated ones could only be known, how different their lot would be, what a messenger service would be established across the mist. But would not the removal of the hardships necessitate the cessation of the compensation? If so... The mitigation of the evils of the body would be purchased at the sacrifice of the welfare of the soul, and that would be a price too high to entertain. No, it must not be. God knows best. But heaven forbid that this idea of their compensation should restrain the hand outstretched to rescue or to save. 
God's ministry is to counterbalance man's neglect. But the harvest of such a man, omission, the man will be compelled to reap by and by. So what is he saying is that the trials and tribulations we go through are there for our, our own edification. They're there to improve us. If we were just given, you know, a luxurious life and we had no struggle and no, you know, worry in the world, we would not at all improve in this physical life. And the physical life has been, has been completely fashioned as the most efficient method to improve our character and personality. Now, when I say improve, what I mean is that we must rip out our primitive emotions, hate, anger, selfishness, pride, and bring in love and selflessness, charity, fraternity, and honesty. Because think, when you go to this world where thought is action, do we want someone who wallows into the depths of primitive emotions? What would their thoughts be? What would their actions be? How would that translate from their thoughts to actions if they were in a position of power in the spirit world? It would not be good at all. And therefore, we must go through these trials and tribulations in order to discipline our minds so we're ready to be welcome in heaven. That is why we're here. I'll carry on. These reunions have another, and in some respects, perhaps an even more pleasant side than the ones I have dwelt upon. The former comrades and companions of these children regularly meet with them again and are made to minister to their less fortunate friends. Very touching it is to listen to their recital of the pleasures into which they have entered, and the contrast of their present life, the one which is the listener is, al is alone acquainted. Hope is inspired in the gloomy soul, and the thousand speculations made as to the why and wherefore of some apparently untoward event until the young and mortal cries, but it'll be all right. It must be all right. And when you come here, and that won't be long now, then you will we'll remember to look and see how it came all right. By such means, they are comforted and consolation distilled into their lives, which strengthens them to bear their otherwise intolerable burden. I had not finished my salutations before the curtains were again drawn aside and another visitor entered, whose appearance caused even more excitement than my own. I did not know at first, but after I recognized that it was he, Arbez, who had carried my little charge from my arms when I lay upon the slopes. This is what happened when he first died and he rescued him, or he thought he rescued, but they both died uh, being trampled by horses, but they both appeared in heaven and neither one felt any pain. And this is what he was saying. This was the the person who, Arvez, was the spirit that said, oh, give me that boy, I'll take care of him. And another spirit came and, and, and led uh, our, our main spirit out, out of where he was. I also recalled several previous visits we had paid to the college and then became conscious of the object of his present mission. The coming dissolution of the body is in every case known on this side of life in advance, whether by accident or lingering disease. At this time, okay, so first of all, it's known in advance. So again, this is an example of predetermination. We go through our trials and tribulations. Sorry, I had to get some water. <clears throat> and we, some people may think this is, this is complete predestination. We have no choice in anything. But the spirits have told us over and over again, 
that whereas the trials and tribulations, the episodes, the bad marriages, the, the bad businesses, the bad jobs, all that are predetermined. But our choices within that episode, do we learn from that? Do we make the right choices, the wrong choices? Are we kind during times of our own trouble? All of those are up to us. Um, oh, there's a question here. Do you still offer talks, conversations with people like we did back then? Oh, yes. I mean, that is, if anyone would like to talk to me, I suggest you go to my site. In fact, I just talked to someone who got a hold of me through my Facebook site. You can message me through Facebook, although that's not consistent. But what I would recommend is that you go to my site, uh, www.spiritism.com. Click on the Contact Me, About Me, Contact Me button. Give me an email. with uh, Send me your email. I'll send you back my personal email, and we can then talk... Um, uh, via Skype or WhatsApp or how, however we would like to talk. Just to let you know that. I do that quite frequently. Be my pleasure. Okay. Um, okay. So I was just saying that they know when these things are going to happen. Let me finish. At this time, the harvest of life can be ascertained. The condition of the soul on entering immortality be known. And its first dwelling place assigned from henceforth, the soul about to be born is conducted during its hours of sleep into its new surroundings, and so made familiar with its coming home. This was the mission of Arvez. There was not one in all that assemblage but knew it. Every eye was fixed upon him. Every child crowded to get near to him. Upon every face was written the hopeful query, Is it I? <laughs> was it a shade of disappointment? that passed over those faces when the messenger found and designated the lad he sought? If so, you can wonder at it. They knew the sufferings, the privations, and the hardships of the fortunate ones that shouldn't be over for themselves. No one could tell how long the struggle would last or how fierce it might yet be. Nevertheless, nevertheless they showed heroic courage in a general ascent. They gave to the cry of joy which broke from the lips of a companion who knew the fortunate lad well. It's Limpy Jack, but I'm almost as glad as to as it was for me, there's no appearance of accident or deformity to justify this, this sobriquet by which his friend described him. But that occasion, no astonishment in my mind, for the reason I've already explained, that the deformities of the body are not perpetrated in the soul. So, in the earth, he would limp, but in, in heaven, he doesn't, just like anything else. There's no, there's no physical disease or mental disease that um, comes back to you. Now, there you can have mentally, you, you can still concentrate on things you shouldn't have, and you can obsess over things you shouldn't be, but that is your own, your own internal, internal uh, mental choices. Immediately the decision was known. The group opened that the lad might go to Arvez and lifted him in his arms, congratulated and kissed him, at which another cheer bro broke forth, making the place to ring. That kiss with the seal of death upon his brow, an evidence which would be conveyed to the body, so that the sign could be known and read on earth that he would soon be called to heaven. So they're all happy, right? They're all at, they're sleeping. At this time, he's probably there when they're all sleeping. And he goes, okay, you, uh, limping Jack, <laughs> You're going to be coming here soon. It was all right because they love it there. 
The boy who announced his name followed him as he came forward, and when the cheer died away, looked up at Avarice and asked, Is he a coming soon? Presently, as soon as we can bring him away, was the kindly response. Jack, you won't go and forget us when you come, will you? He goes, of course I won't. Well, I'll come here regular like I do now, and of course I will. All right, Jack, I trust you. And when I wake, I'll try and remember you coming, and I'll look after you till you do. God bless you, said Arves, as he kindly patted that faithful little head. So what he's saying is that when they leave that little area, because they must be an area that all these kids go to and they're taught and they're talked to, but when they when they uh, die physically, they go to other places. They probably go to schools in the spirit world. There's lots of schools for children in the spirit world. And, um, and you know, at different levels where it's ever best for them. The law of affinity knows where to place them. Now, here's the question. Then he turned away to carry the lad to see his new home. I was anxious, if possible, to know their destination. So he turned towards the door where Arvis was waiting for a moment. Where do you take him, I asked. To the house of a sister who is not altogether unknown to you. Will you go with us? I shall be delighted, I replied. But will he live with her? For the present, he needs instructions and guidance, and she will undertake that duty. We traveled was, must have been a long distance, but the process of aerial locomotion, and it's called by volatation. Let me read the sentence. But the process of aerial locomotion is by no means worrisome, and the time was pleasantly occupied in listening to, listening to the multitude of questions propounded by the lad and patiently answered by Arvez. Now, what volatation is, is you travel by the speed of thought. So if I was in the spirit world and I was on Earth, I said, okay, I want to go to Saturn. I would think of Saturn and I'd be there. There is no speed of light, uh, speed limit in the spirit world. There is no necessity for me to speak, for the answers so kindly given to the boy were full of information to myself. Well, I was more than once amazed that the care and patience that were expended upon replies to questions that on earth would have sorely taxed the equanimity of the most forbearing. We passed by several cities of considerable size, whose many beauties were a never-failing source of admiration, not only for Jack, but for myself as well. So there's cities in heaven. And unlike the first levels of heaven, there's a city above every major geographical uh, place of population. No Solar is the city above Rio de Janeiro. And there's other cities. And, and you know, there's cities above London, there's cities above New York, there's cities of, you know, Mexico City, all that. We pat, oh, but every object was but another evidence of the pleasures yet in store for me. When the opportunity should be afforded for leisurely visiting each scene and sipping the sweets of knowledge where it's abounded, there were cities I then imagined, in a sense confirmed, that were the originals to which Rome and Athens and Carthage, Babylon, Thebes, and Nivea aspired in the days when their beauty touched its Venus. Toil on, pious soul, but though on earth thy pilgrim feet may never stand within the sacred sh shrine of thy heart's desired. For what if there thy tim dim eyes and never look upon the land thy kindred call by the sweetest name of home every aspiration awaits the coming in the far more beauteous guise where the eternal noon abides forevermore the jew whose wandering feet have never stood upon the mount of olives the mohammedan whose eyes was never fired at the sight of the mosque of mecca the catholic who would vainly hope long to gaze upon the vatican 
the Christian who falsely dreamed that he would one day stand within the walls of Bethlehem or climb the hill of Calvary, and every earnest soul with some holy sanctuary where with unshod feet his spirit would fall in worship, adoration, take courage when love has wrought its work of purification on your heart. When your hands have grown tender under the touch of kindness, when in your eyes are lighted the beacon fires of affection and your souls are clothed in the robe of charity and forgiveness, when the Christ of God is born again in you and you through tribulations have been baptized into him, you will find a better goal than that for which you sigh, and your realization shall be far beyond your anticipation in that home where the soul in every respect shall be satisfied when it awakes in his likeness. So that's the end of chapter 16. What a wonderful chapter, and what a wonderful author, this this spirit. They call him Fred sometimes in um, in the book, So, uh, but he said he wished to be rena remain nameless. Uh, but it did kind of slip out. They called him Fred. But what a wonderful person. And, you know, to think about no matter what child is out there, no matter what hurt and harm they go through, at night they are comforted by people in the spirit world. And that happens to people, a child, children who are abandoned, they are, their mother dies, they may be orphaned. The spirit world tries to re reconcile or tries to get them to meet their mother in heaven. And their mother is part of their education many times. Now, some mothers who um, don't want the child, that, that happens. Uh, then they are raised by wonderful and, and kind and loving spirits. Uh, but when they can, they try and keep them in, uh, together. And then at some point in time, when the child comes, even if they're an adult, they reunite with their mother. And they feel that love and that memory comes back of everything that happened while they were in the spirit world. And for those who are mothers and fathers on earth who have lost a child, you will be amazed. And maybe many times you won't remember, but you'll feel this comfort that you will have met your child. And your child will tell you, mom and dad, everything is wonderful. I'm having a great time. And they make sure they have a great time because they're full of love. They have fun. They have play. They play games. I know of one uh, instance in the in the book, uh, by uh, one of the books by the Reverend G. Val, and I actually have it in my book, uh, Spirits and the Spirit Realm, where I talk about what children do and the games they play. And like on Earth, where children play games, you know, let's say like Marco Polo in the pool or whatever, it's always, they, you know, it's, they're, it's the same way they're playing, but they're also bringing up skills. And they had this one game where, remember, thought is action. And they would, they would make a circle around a fountain. And then they would have to say, okay, you go. And then someone would have to go and leap and then through their thought go on top of one part of the fountain. And then they have to close their eyes and go back to the exact same spot they were at. Again, this would... This would um, increase their awareness of where they were to make sure they saw a different uh, environment. So they would, if they just closed their mind, went back to that environment, they'd be there right away. Another game is they would line up in two columns and then there would be a, and remember, thought is action. There'd be a, uh, a child going through the middle of two columns and he would, through his mind, he wouldn't touch it, he'd have a ball in front of him and he would walk and the ball would be 
uh, steadied by his mind, by the forces of his mind in front of him. And each side would try to push or pull the ball and make him drop it. And sometimes the sides would, they, they said in this, in this passage, the sides would agree. One side would push, the other side would pull to really give a strong impetus for the ball to, to, um, to you know, go, to be loose from this, from this child's uh, mind control. Um, that's another game they played. So these, these are what happened. Now, as the older children got, there was also this, this teacher who gave an idea that he took these, these older children and they, they said, okay, lay down in the grass and then kind of just close your eyes and kind of look into the future, look, look into the spirit world. And he goes, well, what, what did you see? And then they would describe something and he would put their hand on their head and go, well, you're almost right. What this really is, is you didn't go down a level. You actually saw up a level in heaven. And he explained to them and he would train them how to use their, their uh, innate talent to query where they were and how to query the, how to query this universal database, as I call it. That's a name I give it. I haven't heard anyone else give it names, but um, where you can just, go and you can see things and you can travel as far as to the level of your parameters are set your your permission set as we say in computer science that you in fact it's interesting you know in the book of mediumship uh, by Alan Kardec in the book of mediums he talks about all different types of mediums but I did meet this one medium uh in Rio and I got to know him pretty well he told me a lot of things about myself that he didn't hear spirits he didn't see spirits. Spirits didn't speak through his mind, but he had the ability to kind of wander the um, the spirit database, the universal database. And he go, well, now there's something you're thinking like about a ship and turning. And I could see, yeah, you know, he's, you know, some things he was wrong because he'd have to interpret these things he sees, and he would he would pursue mentally uh you know the next pointer to something else right and i could see where he 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 misinterpreted some things he was close but he was like he was trying to describe some some idea i was fomenting at the time and and i go oh, okay and so he actually could do that so that is a gift i've not heard anyone else say i've not met anyone else who's had that type of gift where he could just you know take a name and then he would it, then he would kind of go, okay, what about this person? And he would just go different paths of maybe the future or, or he'd talk about the past of this person. Um, and he kind of explored all the data stored, which is, remember, every thought, every feeling, everything is recorded in the spirit world. Our thoughts are taken. Just like your cell phone is taken where you are, your geolocation, your number, all that if you're on an iphone or android whatever in the in the version your thoughts are taken and they're all stored somewhere and with those thoughts and storage is is all your history and then maybe some plans for your future all that's there and this medium had the ability to kind of traverse this so i thought that was interesting so anyway, uh, if you're interested in spirits and the spirit universe, where I talk about spirits, how they rise in heaven, how they how they go to different colleges and universities, and how they're given actually more power as they rise, you can find the link to that book down below in my description that I will enter this. 
and it's it's spirits and spirit universe book two of spiritism i want to say everyone thank you for being with me today and god bless <laughs>